Hey everybody, Mark, Lily, and Eric. It's Wild Wild Will podcast. Did you forget? The po- I almost said Night Cruising. It's a podcast. <laughs> Dude, I was thinking Night Cruising too. I was thinking Night Cruising too in the back of my head. These are, we're doing Men in Black 2 today. And it makes me want to do a Tommy Lee Jones podcast. Jones and for Lee. That sounds like a Bruce Lee podcast. No, we can workshop this. Hold on. Yeah. Tommy Lee Pod? Uh, what? Like podcast? I think Jonesing for Lee makes the most Jonesing sense. Jonesing for Tommy Lee Jones. Ugh. Jonesing for Jones? Bridget what, Jones? Oh, I got it. Potty Lee Jones. Thank you. Finally, the perfect name has been That found. sounds like a fucking fetish. <laughs> Potty Lee Jones. Yeah, you just like watch him on OnlyFans pissing in various things. It, this, <laughs> this bitch made... Budget was 140 million, made 440 million doll hairs. So much yeah, money. Ton of money. It held like the record for like biggest Fourth of July weekend for like a few years. Made a lot of money. Which I don't think we mentioned this on the previous podcast. Maybe we did, but I want to put this in context too, because Ali cost a fortune to make. Like they yeah. put a lot of fucking money into it, and it was kind of a box office flop. Like it did not make back it its did money. Not do well. So it kind of lines up that MIB2 is cooking for Will Smith to kind of like recalibrate a little bit. But like we also talked about with Ali came out at a weird time mm-hmm. in December, right after 9-11. Yep. Oh my God, I wish Ali. 9-11 took out this movie. Okay, fun. Let's do some fun, fun facts fact. about 9-11. Um, in this movie, one of like the like the big scenes was in front of the Twin Towers. Oh, dog. And then after 9-11, they had to remove it. Well, that was kind of like um, Blink-182, Stay Together for the Kids. Stay Together for the Kids, the initial music video was supposed to be like a tower coming down. Oh. But then they changed it to like a bunch of emo kids moshing or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, so that makes sense. 9-11 ruined a lot of things. Also, um, I guess Will, he came straight off of Ali into filming this movie and he barely fit in the suit because he had gained so much weight. Do you think they could have just given him a new suit? Nope. nope. Same <laughs> suit. Same <laughs> suit. No um, new suits for you. Also, guys, isn't it crazy that we're already at 2002? Like, again, I keep comparing this to the Tom Cruise podcast, but we would just be like at the end of the 80s right now or like breaking into the 90s. But it's like, dude, we only have 20 more years of this dude from this movie on. Yeah. I mean, Will Smith is like a lot younger than Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is like uh, 126 or something like that. Um, So but Men in Black, too, they brought back the they brought back the whole crew. No, they didn't. Like, well, same director and all that stuff. I would say they. So who they miss out? Okay, remember at the, Ferentino, the morgue lady? The morgue lady at the end, she became like Agent L or whatever. She didn't come back. Rumor has it, and no one's ever denied this rumor that when they asked Tommy Lee Jones back, he said only if she is in not in this movie and said that she had like a like a real bad attitude and that her emotions were too all over the place and he refused to Typical work with women. her. And he's never commented on it, and she's never refuted the claims either. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, not to keep adding to the gossip, okay. but I did hear on a DVD commentary for the movie Dogma, which she is the lead character. That's a Kevin Smith film. And Kevin Smith, Ben Affleck, Jason Muse, they're all on the commentary. And again, she is the lead of Dogma. And they are trashing her the entire time for and like real? basically being like, if there's one person we would never work with again for his own movie, which is like kind of rude. But it's interesting that you bring this up because then it's like, oh, shit. Um, is that just like a common thing on these sets? I don't know. I mean, but is that like an insane thing that on the commentary for Dogma, they shit on someone that hard? Well, commentaries, the the early days of commentaries were fucking insane. And Mark can attest to this, where people just like talked mad shit about people. Mm -hmm. Ben Affleck, like 
his commentaries are of legend. If you listen to like the Armageddon commentary, he's just trashing the director, making fun of this person, like casually saying something fucked up. And it's just so interesting because now when you listen to the commentary, it's very business. It's like, we're going to talk about the movie at hand, but we, we lost those though. Commentary. Yeah. Don't really get the commentary more because people just stream stuff. But my favorite commentary that I, I ever listened to was wedding crashers. Cause it's Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. The highest I've ever heard anybody <laughs> not not talking about the movie. <laughs> They're just talking to each other over wedding crashes. They barely talk about the movie. That's just like insane now that like you would want recorded. You just like talking mad shit. It makes me want to dive into this actress a little bit more because it's like, is it a tale of she's like awful or was it a tale of that she was reasonable about things and just like the industry around her hadn't caught up yet yeah no it could definitely be that i like her i liked her in men in black and i liked her in dogma i think she's a really interesting actor and has a really interesting cadence of saying things so it is a bummer that she's not in this i was one. disappointed not to see her in this one because i what the fuck? Sorry. Oh God, was that the Men in Black two song? Yeah, God, I, we forgot that this song. There was a second Men in Black yeah. song. Mm. Yeah. Can we just get into it before we get into it? Set us up. Galaxy defenders don't act like you don't remember. This is it, right? Yeah. You know, when it played at the end, I was like, "Fuck!" I totally forgot about this. But like now that I've heard it a few times, I'm like, okay, this is like deep in the recesses of my mind, and it was about to be deleted out of my brain forevermore. But wow, how like I better stop it before uh, this podcast gets deleted from the internet. Oh, for that's true. Copyright. But like, how um, embarrassing to have the first Men in Black song is huge. Yeah, and then. Wild Wild West. That song is fucking huge for a movie that's not that great. This song. Well, I think I think the problems with this song, if you listen to it, are the same problems with Will Smith in this movie, mm. and that if they sucked all the fun out of Will Smith. Oh, they, okay. Will Smith is not fun in that song. He's like more no. aggressive. Nod your head. Yeah. So like very rock. And Will Smith is not fun in Men in Black 2. He, his character is not fun. It's He's kind of like the, the wet blanket in this one. Funny you should say that because the director who did the first Men in Black and also did Wild Wild West had a lot of problems with producers because he's like, I learned my lesson on Wild Wild West. People don't want to see Will Smith as the straight man. And they're like, and for the whole first half of the movie, he has to play the straight guy until Tommy Lee Jones shows up. And he was like, and I learned from Wild West that they do not want to see Will like that. He's like, so I like was constantly fighting with producers because they wanted Will to, you know, play it straight. And he was just like, and it just does not work. The song's awful. Sorry, I, I muted. Uh, I muted, seven, I muted to eat crackers. <laughs> so. My God, you need sustenance to get I, through this. I mean, this movie. All right, should I just break down with this movie? Yeah, yeah let's. Yeah, this movie let's, first. I honestly, we watched this last night, and I think I need a refresher about what the fuck the point of this movie was. So please enlighten I, me. I think, much like the first Men in Black movie, the plot with the alien that they have to defeat isn't super strong because that's not the point of the movie but this one is holy shit there's like a, a light mm -hmm. a light that one alien wants and another alien race both on earth back in like the 70s or whatever was like trying to get and basically Tommy Lee Jones what's his name K is he K he's K Agent K like dealt with it in the 70s and launched the light up into space but really he like it. saved it and hid it on earth or something yeah and i think they didn't want to give it to the one aliens because they use it to destroy planets Is that they'd right? use it for bad yeah something like that so just try to keep the light away and so the alien returns to earth looking for the light right and is 
searching around for it. But what's going on with the men in black is um, Agent J, right, mm-hmm. which is Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just had like a ton of partners since Tommy Lee Jones has left and he's they're They're not working out. Right. He's just like just kind of disgruntled about it. But he's also kind of hot shit now. Like people look at him. They're like, oh, my God, it's Agent J, like other men in black people. Oh, I feel like they kind of look at him like. He's an asshole now. Sure. All right. Well, whatever. I mean, so the whole thing, though, is they have to find Tommy Lee Jones, who's in retirement. His brain has been wiped clean and everything. They had to find Tommy Lee Jones, Agent K, um, to find where the light was because he was the one that dealt with that situation and whatever. They have to find where it is like in an hour or the earth's going to explode, something like that. Um, So they have to find him and they're going to get his memory back. But as they're trying to get his memory back at Men in Black headquarters, the alien that's looking for the light takes over the place. They have to get the fuck out of there. They have to find some like bootleg version of the thing that gets your memory back from uh, Tony Shalou or whatever his fucking name is. And they find it. And it's one of those things where like a lot of the comedies coming from um, Tommy Lee Jones, Agent K is slowly getting his memory back. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they find out that he actually kept the light that this alien is looking for on Earth. And the light is actually Rosario Dawson, who is agent jay's like kind of like love interest he's like you know will smith's into her type Mm -hmm. of thing but she's actually the light and she just needs to leave earth yeah and that's fucking it she's just get the get the hell out of there yeah and tommy lee jones is now still in the men in black oh and uh don't worry he didn't leave his wife wifey dead no, wifey oh, left, him. left him. Oh, wifey left him. <laughs> the woman. <laughs> wifey the woman he pined for for 50 years left MIB to go be with her. They were together. And then because this fucking mutant man was in MIB for so long, he was like impossible <laughs> to be with. So she fucking left his ass. Okay. All right. She left him. So then that's that's the end. Yeah. I'm going to start with a crazy statement. Let's hear it. And I need you two to decipher it because I think you two will agree. You'll be shocked and say you don't agree, but you'll decipher it. You'll okay. Here's what I'll say. (laughs) God, those crackers are going to your brain. I know. Okay. I think Will Smith is a better actor in this movie, Men in Black Mm -hmm. 2, than he was in Men in Black. Like, yes, he's better in this. And you guys will agree with what I just said. I agree with you because first Men in Black, he's young. He's got so many good one-liners. Like he's, you know, came from being like a police officer on the streets. Now it's Men in Black. He's like a little bit more fun. This one, some of it like hit a little too heavy for it trying to be like a fun movie. Like yeah, literally in the beginning of the movie, he straight up asks his partner before he gets rid of him. Do you ever feel alone in the universe? Mm-hmm. If no one knows he exists, how can anyone ever love him? It's like, yeah. what the living fuck? But at this point, Will's almost like too good of an actor. We're like, those are fucking funny lines. There's like a little too much gravity to those yeah. lines. Yeah. And um, it kind of just like brings you down for like a B where like, I think it's like an interesting concept, right? Like you do this mysterious job. You can't have earthly connections, but also like, I don't know. I'm just trying to watch some fucking aliens do some weird ass shit. I'm not trying to get like, have like an existential crisis. Yeah. So yeah, I feel. Yeah. And so I guess what the other part of my statement is Will Smith is better than in this, but men in black one, he's funnier and the script serves him better. This script's fucking dog shit, but it's just funny to see just in his nuance. Like you said, he even has that scene with Rosario Dawson after they are, it's like the date scene and he's about to neuralize her, but he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He's just like hearing her talk and they cut to Will Smith and without saying anything at all, you like read everything on his face or when he wants to like neuralize her and he can't do it. I'm like, holy fuck. He's like his acting. He can do it silently. He's that fucking Mm. good. But again, the script's bad. It's not funny. And it is a disservice to him where men in black one is like perfect for him. He's a lot more nuanced. And I feel like, um, with comedy, 
you want to paint with like a broader stroke. Like you almost don't want that much nuance unless it's like comedic nuance, but like in your acting, it almost takes it like you can't have acting of that caliber, like where you can like do it all with your face. When you also have Johnny Knoxville and the next scene with two fucking heads, it's oh like God, a little it's hard to like put it all together. And then I think the problem is in the first half of the movie, he's playing it straight. And he's like, you know, he's got this reputation now where it's like, Oh my God, this guy will fucking neuralize anybody. He's wiping out everybody's memory. Like, you know, like he's seen like, so like hard and stiff and he knows everything. But then when Tommy Lee joins back in, he's like back to like, kind of being kind of being like he was in the first one where it's like, he doesn't really know everything. And he's kind of like, not that cool and smooth. And it, it just like it, the two Will Smith in this movie did not fit together. It was, you could tell it was a worse written movie. Cause even just the beginning, like, I don't know. I think we complimented the beginning of the first men in black yeah. where it was just like, you're following a bug and it's just like Danny Elfman going fucking ham on a bunch of cello strings or some shit. And they got the illegal aliens crossing the border. Yeah. And this one was like 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 we we complimented Men in Black. The first one were just like this is like amazing script writing where they got they they gave you so much mm-hmm. but in such an interesting way because they had to build everything. This one started off with like an exposition dump. Yeah. Right. They told us like mysteries the, in history yeah, that we had to watch twice. They did a thing like kind of um, what was it making fun of like unsolved mysteries yeah. or something like uh, unsolved mysteries from back in the day where like so they were playing that. But the whole thing in the men of black universe is like that, like smut magazines and things like that are the truth are like the mm-hmm. news. So like they yeah. gave us the whole background just with like a. An unsolved mysteries. I don't know. It was like it was lazy. Yeah, just like lazy writing where the first one was just like, this is amazing. And I feel like they had to keep going and they showed it to us twice and they kept going back because I feel like even they were like, this is a little convoluted, right? Like they were definitely like, I don't think the audience is going to understand this light and this alien bullshit that were and it's like, then simplify it. If you have to keep going back to like that kind of exposition, that's a problem. Okay. Can I say my second controversial thing? This movie's dog shit. The script's terrible. It's not funny. And I kind of love the opening and I kind of love the how much they go back to it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's the thing. No. That exposition dump in the beginning could have been text, which is terrible, or a narrator, which is terrible, or some other quick way, which would be terrible. I like that they were like, oh, shit, we have to do an exposition dump. Let's do the cheesy, like, this is what Hollywood thinks the men in black are. I don't know. I, if, Dude, as I'm telling you, in the first two minutes of the movie, I'm like, wait a second, is men in black too, like an underrated gem? And that quickly, after that scene, it quickly disappeared. But I do like that intro. Okay, can I say something controversial then? Jesus Christ. Real controversial. I'm going to be the only one on here saying it. I I really liked everything with the dog. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. That's a little morbid. But Lily, like, you can honest. ask Mark, like some of the only times I laughed last night was the stupid pug saying things just like him in the suit was so cute. Um, just like anything with the pug, I really enjoyed. And I enjoy more knowing that it was the exact same pug from the first one. And they had to put like little makeup on his face to hide his gray hairs. Jeez, was it that important to get him back? <laughs> I guess. I mean, he was the star, but I think like it's pretty fucked up when some of your funniest lines go to a dog. They, they kept on using the word bitch a lot. Because they <laughs> I, uh, also, the dog had an owner. Where was he? he? But the dog had an owner when he was trying to hide that he was an alien. He now works within MIB. Mm. Oh, the other thing that just blew my mind. You just said 2002. This one came out. Yeah. I know we've already established that. The first one came out in 98, right? Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Why did it take fucking that long to get to a sequel? This movie was such a big movie. Nowadays, it's like things are greenlit like the second they fucking go into the theater. I feel Yo, like. Eric, the third one, big gap between also. 
And Will Smith's in the third one, right? Yeah. Okay. Big gap between those ones too. Um, okay. I, I was, I'm just gonna say. I mean, also the the, the special effects are super lame in this one too. Really? I don't know bad. why it looked like fucking made for TV bullshit. But this is what I also thought watching this, where like they kind of abandoned the world they created in the first one. And my biggest examples are so not like you don't have to keep hard and fast to like a bunch of the rules, but it was like where the, the, it was like where the rules of the comedy came from and all that stuff. Like in the first one, all the aliens are like hiding. Yeah. And you hardly ever like see an alien. And when you do see an alien, it's like an issue. Right. And you got to like zap everybody. Like the aliens were just kind of hanging. They were just kind of like out being aliens. And it was like huge worm in the middle of the city. So you're just you're kind of like, I don't know, like the first one, the huge worm that's in the subway system. I felt like I don't know. They felt like they would have like dressed it up like a subway cart instead of just a big fucking worm. Because the whole thing is they're supposed to be hiding here. Right. It's like they're hiding here as humans. And in this one. So the aliens are just out. They're just everywhere. Um, Also. When you're in Men in Black headquarters in the first one, it's basically Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith and um, uh, Rip Torn talking. And the rest of the MIB dudes don't really talk. They're just kind of they're doing stuff, but they're like background noise. And this one, all the Men in Black, other Men in Black characters, like uh, they're they're always saying stuff. Agent K, you're back. You're back. Oh, this, you know, yeah. They're all just like talking to everybody and that really threw me off on this one and then also the men in black never really like interview humans in the first one even when will smith encountered an alien in the very beginning the men in black got all their info from the real cops that interviewed will smith and Mm. interrogated him and that's where they got their information and everything and this one they're constantly talking to humans and interviewing humans about the aliens, which hardly ever happens. They're only talking to aliens in the first one dressed as humans. Yeah. I don't know. And it's it seems like those are just like some basic rules that kind of like kept you constrained in the movie in a correct way. And this was just kind of like there, there's just aliens everywhere and it's not that big of a deal. And OK, so question. Did you think it was a major cop out when they used the Statue of Liberty to like erase everyone's mind in New York City when what they the saw aliens. That was right at the end <laughs> right of the movie. The right the I was end. not paying Because Will's just like, oh man, a lot of people saw a lot of aliens. And he's like, don't worry about it. And he clicks a button and the Statue of Liberty's torch lights <laughs> up and apparently just takes care of the entire city. Which again, I know I'm just being a stickler, but when they do that, they're supposed to give them their backstory. Yeah. Instead, they just erased everybody's mind. (laughs) Either way, just like it seems like there were certain constraints of what this movie was about and how the men in black operated. They kind of just abandoned all of that. Yeah, I mean, comedy generally works when there's rules in place, because then when you break them, that can be funny. I think sometimes just in writing, generally speaking, if you give yourself rules, I think you end up having better writing. Yeah. And also, can I do a little table setting? Because I think we're getting at something here. I think mm-hmm. we're we're getting at the main, the biggest problem, I think, of this movie is that you have a situation where you have the first Men in Black, right? It comes out. It's a fucking hit. Critics like it. And as we spoke on the Men in Black podcast, it's such a fucking good script. Everything's tight. Everything's good. Everything's great. And the best part of that first Men in Black, it's a full circle. Tommy Lee Jones had to get a partner. And at the end, Will Smith gives up Tommy Lee Jones or neuralizes him. Right. And then mm-hmm. he goes off with his wife. Now he needs a partner. So you have that classic sequel problem. We're doing men in black. It can't just be Will Smith, right. With his new partner, it should have been, but they go, we got to bring Tommy Lee Jones back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did the same shit on city slickers. Remember fucking curly <laughs> dies in city. Slickers oh, they bring Mark? back his brother. And they get they make a sequel and they go, oh, shit, we need Curly. So then Curly's twin brother shows up out of nowhere. And he's but I, what was, I was a Navy man. <laughs> you love the land and I love the sea. Yeah, something. But what really Crystal, Curly's man. thing was like there's life is about two things. Me, I'm pretty positive. Beer <laughs> does it too. Fucking and trucking. 
And I ain't got no truck, little bitch. <laughs> His twin shows up in the sequel. And he goes, no, there's three things. And I forget what the three things The third are. one was stealing your brother's identity. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways, they had that sequel problem where the, the first story concluded so well, but now you got to drag Tommy Lee Be- Jones back into it. And I think they chose the worst way to go about it. They basically just have Will Smith find him at the post office where he's been working, right? Mm. And kind of just go like, hey, you used to work for us and now come work for us again. We'll and we'll here's Bismarcky in the corner beatboxing. Yeah, like, dude, okay, all the aliens in that post office scene were cool. <laughs> they were <laughs> really awesome. But it's just like, oh, he literally shows up and tells him, you are part of the secret organization. Come with me. We're going to get into it. And I'm like, damn, that's fucking lazy. Like, you could have thought of something else. I kept thinking he should have been kidnapped by the bad guy or Laura Flynn oh, Boyle. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that would have been dope. Or I, w- I was like, oh, this whole movie, or at least the start of the movie, maybe it would have been a little more dramatic of a movie, should have started from Tommy Lee Jones' perspective. Yes, living in the post life. Yeah. And then, you know, it goes from there. Will Smith shows back up and I do think it's hard because I think Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith do have like such good chemistry. That's like it would be hard to make a sequel because like he's just not going to jive with someone else. But there is something like, again, it puts like a depressing note on it because the whole time Will Smith's like. I'm alone in the universe and nobody will ever love me. And the girl that I make googly eyes at has to go out into outer space before she blows up our planet. And then like Tommy Lee Jones, who like got a happy ending, gives you like a little hope. Like maybe Will Smith will eventually get that. It's just like, yeah, my wife fucking left me because, you know, years of doing this, maybe a big fucking weirdo. It's like, oh, like, I don't know. Like it just like brings like a downbeat that you don't want into the story. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like the action maybe could have been focused on post office Tommy Lee Jones where like, yeah, like you said, it's from his perspective. A UFO crashes in the back of the post office. What the fuck's this? Gets back into it. Or just imagine if he he did have the secret right in his mind. He had like the clues and secrets. Yeah. So what if you did something? He's working at the post office. Here comes bad alien lady, right? She kidnaps him and goes, your agent K, I need the information. This he's like, no, I just work at the post office. So she's trying to access his mind. uh, But you're right. They had to put Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones back together in the same scene. You know, I feel like, you know what they could have done? They could have started off with Tommy Lee Jones. Alien crash lands. They tried to kidnap him. But guess what? Just because you fucking neuralize someone's brain doesn't mean they don't have muscle memory anymore. All of a sudden, he's doing shit that he doesn't know how the fuck he knows how to do. You know, like all of a sudden, like this MIB training that while you may nuke his memory, his muscles, his body hasn't forgotten. And he's doing that. And then maybe Will Smith comes and picks him up. And then, you know, maybe you have to like reveal like, oh, the reason you're able to do this shit is because of X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like, I just think there was like, you could have found a way for the two of them to get together, but you also could have found like a way for it to just be less shit. I like what Roger Ebert said. Oh, what did he say? He's just like, kind of what we're talking well like he's he's like what's the point of this sequel it's the same thing as the first one you yeah. know an alien comes you gotta solve the alien problem he's like put him on a different planet okay he said that men in black need to go to a different planet that's what he said i mean they could have just like taken tommy lee and gone to a different planet like kidnapped him from the post office they could have done so many other things but they what they chose to do was just kind of like Lazy. Lazy. Okay. Can we, I'm sorry, not to jump to another side tangent. Johnny, Johnny Knoxville. Bad actor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen him in, um, um, don't, we can't talk about that. What's the one about the special Olympics? No, we cannot talk about the ringer. Have you ever seen him in the ringer? (laughs) No. Mark. Yes, you have. Me. When have I seen the Ringer? We used to watch it a lot at our house. Really? The Ringer? I just I don't, don't think I've seen it once. I just don't think there's like an adequate way we can talk about The Ringer that I feel comfortable recording. Can we think? But do you know the plot of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Special Olympics, right? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and Johnny Knoxville's pretending so he can be in the special. Oh Olympics. my lord! Oh my lord! <laughs> yeah, we gotta watch that one. Okay, oh. sorry, I will give Johnny Knoxville credit. He is good in Bad Grandpa, and that's technically playing. <laughs> okay, that doesn't count. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I'll give it to Johnny Knoxville. He looked disgusting in this movie. So, like, if that was his point, kudos, man, you achieved it because he looked like he was on like the longest bender of his life. He looked like absolute dog shit in this movie. Oh, are we? I I know, like, I don't know. Are, are Eric and I like sterile or something? Not that like. Like we didn't even bring up that the main bad guy is just like a supermodel in lingerie. Oh, right? I mean, yeah, we'll definitely get to Lara. Love <laughs> that bitch. We didn't bring her up. She she was right in the beginning. I totally okay. forgot about that. Rumor, rumor has it that a different actress, and I don't know what fucking happened with her. Um, but Jack Nicholson basically like made them put Lara Flamboyle in this movie. Were they together? Or they were dating at the time, and. They wanted him for like anger management or something. So he's like, well, put her in fucking men in black, too. Yeah, well, she's like the bad alien, but the bad alien is kind of like a squiddy tentacle thing that can viney morph into whatever. And he he sees her like in a Victoria's Secret magazine or yeah. it sees her in a Victoria magazine. And so it's like a sexy lingerie model is the bad guy. Yeah, the first time you see her, she's wearing pretty much nothing but then you're like oh you know what they're not gonna do like the same old thing because like then she eats a man she has like a huge belly Mm -hmm. in lingerie and you're like okay that's like kind of funny and then they just do nothing funny with her again it would be funny if like because she transforms back to not having the huge belly it'd be funny if like she like the alien they becomes her he gets the huge belly and then throughout the movie things are happening where she's becoming more dis disfigured yeah. and like you know what i mean like because it's great some some gag like that but instead they just like it's just like some lady well, in lingerie like the, the entire the time point in the first one with the guy when he gets like the bug in him is there something not right about him like the bug gets loose on him like the skin's loose on him he's got like bug behavior like i appreciate when at first it's like oh sexy lingerie like she's got a big belly from eating a person. It's like, okay, that's like a play on that trope. But they're like, no, we're going to go back to her just being sexy. Yeah, that, it was such a confusing comedy bit because she has to look at the magazine again and then go back behind the bushes to like spit him up. And I'm like, you could have just had her digest him. Like, I wouldn't question it. Like, it was just they really wanted to make sure we knew she spit up the body. And, and there was nothing yeah. too that needed her to be sexy. Yeah, or a human even, because she takes over Men in Black headquarters, just kind of hangs there for the most part and isn't out in public. Like the bug alien is going, oh, I need to have a skin suit because I'm a bug and people are going to be freaked out that I'm a yeah. bug and I need to hide myself. There's no reason for her to hide herself. In, yeah, in she's, way. she's definitely not trying to conceal her identity. Um, there's no reason for her to be sexy, because like even if you're going along that trope of like if you have a woman in movies, she has to be some kind of like sexy. She doesn't like use it like, oh, I'm going to distract this guard or whatever. She does none of that shit. She's just like in lingerie for no godforsaken I mean, reason. They do this a little bit with Rosario Dawson, where she ends up being the light or whatever. Mm. So she's what they they're looking for the entire time. What if we do Tommy Lee Jones? We're watching his home life. His his wife is the alien. Oh, she's the light or or she's the bad guy. And she's infiltrated his home type of thing. Like, like a reason why you would be another person, you know, just like anything like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's like Mm. no reason for her to be like that would have been interesting or, you know, they didn't even do like the shitty thing, like the cliche of like, oh, she's going to morph into Rosario Dawson's character. Yeah. I mean, I liked Lara Flynn Boyle in this. Like, I think she's a fucking stellar bad guy. Like, she's a stellar villain. I agree. Um, I liked her. She, like, looks great. She's kind of intimidating. It just, like, they, like, underutilized her. And they, like, underutilized her as a villain. And honestly, like, who even fucking knows why she wanted that light? I don't know. 
All right. So we got to get in to the other female of the movie, Rosario Dawson. Um, I got qualms, guys. I got qualms. One. She feels really young in this movie. Like too young for like Will to be making like googly eyes at her. Um, I thought her character just sucked. You know what I mean? Like she's just there for like Will Smith's character to be like, mm, maybe I'll be able to find love one day. And she's just there all big eyed and not really adding much to the story, except for maybe being okay with like alien life forms and playing Twister with aliens. She was 23. Okay, yeah. In this movie. She she just like looked very baby faced, very young, too young. Cause like the last person that you felt like maybe he had like a connection with, like the morgue lady, even if it was just to be a like a MIB partner, was like closer in age to him. And it just like all felt like really weird and really forced. And then like they randomly fucking kiss for no discernible reason. And the only thing I like is at the end, they didn't give either of them a happy ending. They're just like, bitch, you gotta leave. Right. So yeah, Will Smith was, is probably 34 in this. Yeah. 33, 34. Yeah. So he's like my age. I'm not even kidding. I'm telling you guys right now, if I ever kissed a 23 year old, I feel like I'd go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> like that feels drastically younger than me. Like, I feel like I'd belong in prison if I ever kissed a 23 year old. I right now, if age. you ever kiss a 23 year old, I will be in prison. <laughs> oh. You would also be kissing him. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> no. we're looking for 23 year olds. <laughs> no. no, but that seems like, yeah, that's a, I know that's like a Hollywood thing, but that's like, that seems crazy. That's some like Leo DiCaprio shit right there. Yeah. And- and Rosario so Dawson, twenty-three. Like, then in movies, she's probably fourteen because that's like what a twenty-three-year-old woman is actually playing in a movie. Yeah, and she's like, I forget what year Kids came out, but she comes from like the Harmony Korine like filmmaker crew that made Kids. You know what Kids is like? No, it's like teens and people growing up in the city, and they're like passing aids around to each other and they do drugs and what the fuck? it's just like a crazy fucking movie about kids oh well th- she was also this year in 25th hour the spike lee joint oh yeah she was in 25th hour and she she's macking it with edward norton mm. who i don't know how old he wasn't during that time in 2002 but she also at one point plays like a four a 14 year old See, okay, see, at 23, right? See? Remember, like, she's like supposed to be like in high school and she's like on the swings, and Edward Norton's like hitting on her. Yeah, Eric, I mean, no. I don't know. <laughs> it just her character just felt like blah, and it just felt like really hokey that she was the light. Do you, do you know you- what I mean? Like, I don't know. And then, like, watching her like go up in like that weird space bubble seems stupid she's um i don't know what level of an actress she is but she's like she's banging what's his face the center. They broke up oh shit they broke up yeah her and cory booker she was banging cory booker yeah, right when he was thinking about being president so she could have been our first lady that would have been cool and now she's at this point in her career she now as, she's just a shoka baby that's what i was gonna say as a woman, the twilight of her career. No. <laughs> yeah. And shit. she's putting on that makeup to be Ashoka for a fucking Disney Plus TV series. I feel like she should be embarrassed of herself. How is that embarrassing? But it's not embarrassing for like Ewan McGregor. It's also embarrassing. Okay. That's he should be embarrassed. Mark, I think, I will, I think you're taking it the wrong way. I think that her being Ashoka is like sadly in the like the nerd world is a huge deal and it's yeah. a big thing. And I think she's good as the I, character. I, also, I will t- I will be embarrassed also to make millions of dollars doing a limited I, series. I, Please, it's someone <laughs> embarrass me. George Lucas, no, it, embarrass it, me. I to me, maybe it's just how I view um how I view success. And to me, success is you're in your fifties. I mean, cause she's coming up. She's, she's going to be 50 soon, right? She's born in 79. So she's in her, Bitch, late I am 40s. not doing math. She's in her Thursday late forties. Um, so she's going to be, you know, 50 soon. And 
I would like to be if I was an actor, I want to be in my 43. It's not that oh, OK. Old. All right. She's right. got like not even a decade well, on you. Twilight sir. of her career. You're 35. <laughs> but my, year. my whole thing is like my, for me, success is you're in your 50s. You are Jack Nicholson and you're in a few good men and you get to go. I will be in three scenes and I am not standing up. And in half of them, I'm eating some surf and turf. You know what I mean? To me, that is success in acting. Not you have to do eight hours of fucking makeup and put two dildos on the back of your head and learn a bunch of fucking karate for your limited series at Disney plus where you're some shitty fucking Jedi from a cartoon that only the nerd ass motherfuckers are going to know about. You might be <laughs> the dumbest, the dumbest motherfucker in the, in the room. A hundred percent the dumbest motherfucker. Because, just me and you. Because, well, I think for like actors, success, there's two. One, where you can go make whatever the fuck you want. You can go make any obscure fucking movie you want. You can make any big blockbuster you want. You just go get to go make whatever the fuck you want. Number two, I think success for actors is you can go make those big blockbusters and no one is like, Oh, they're a lesser actor now. You know what I mean? Like Natalie Portman, that bitch is in fucking Thor. She doesn't have to do fucking garden states anymore or like show <laughs> her fucking coochie. I'm just saying like, where'd she, feel- where she show her coochie? Oh, what's Black Swan? I don't think her coochie's in that one. The one where she's got like the pink wig. Eric knows he's jerked off to the movie. Is that the... Um, I don't know. Let me look it up. She shows her coochie. I don't know. I don't her know. Coochie. I've never heard she, of she like slips her underpants to the side. I don't think her coochie right. is actually Eric, shown. Rosario Dawson. Is it embarrassing what she's doing? Absolutely not. Like I said, I got a cracker in my mouth. And um she's I think making she, money. Yeah, dude. I think she's she's a big deal. But you wouldn't want to, like, if someone gave you the opportunity to be a part of the Star Wars universe. Your nerd ass would say no. No, I would say yes, but also I'm not an actor. I would spend seven days getting um, uh, an operation, irreversible an operation to be in a fucking Star Wars commercial. Okay, but this is Rosario Dawson. They're sitting her ass down for her a bunch of time to to put the makeup on her. Is it's that's like a pathetic thing to be doing. Is, is all it? I'm saying. I like, oh, I got to sit in a trailer for hours and make bank while you fucking put makeup yes, on me. Like the dude that played Vecna, like that motherfucker's low man on the totem pole. All right. The good the actors that uh, that are higher up in Stranger Things just show up and they say their lines and they get the fuck out of there. That's the that's like a high end actor. They don't even read the script. They make it up as they go. You know, no. None <laughs> OK, of that March is, is my last point. This is yeah. my last point. Yeah. Why I think. Ahsoka or Ashoka is good Ashoka. for Star Wars and why it's not bad because if you, tomorrow we hear she's cast in some like big budget movie if they go Rosario Dawson's going to be in the next Fast and Furious or Rosario you know it's because her agents got her this Disney job mm. and we wouldn't bat an eye we'd be like oh yeah that makes sense she's kind of like a big deal that's why she's a big deal like if she shows up in a movie we're, we're not going to question it is what i'm saying making sense no i got you okay also if you do something like that you don't have to do anything like look at hayden christensen we would never be talking about him still today if he wasn't in some shitty star wars prequels you know what i mean he hasn't done anything really of note in his career but you get in like one or two of those movies you're fucking sad. All, like so many of the Twilight actors. Do we really give a shit? I'm sorry, Ashley Green. But do we really give a shit about her? No, but she is. was in Twilight. So like you can ride that wave, baby. All right. Eric, we went, last episode, it was Ali. And you were talking yeah. about how Will Smith was. He like changed his brain mm. to become yeah. Ali. Right. Mm-hmm. Have the idiosyncrasies of, of Muhammad Ali. Yes, you think that's what fucked him up in this movie. Why he was so serious in this one. He didn't have his comedic chops back, even though Muhammad Ali was fucking hilarious. 
That's why I keep saying that I have this weird thing where it's like the role sucks. Uh, Jay in this sucks. It's not Rimwell. His jokes are flat. And yet when I see him, he's definitely grown so much as an actor. He's so fucking good in this. I, I know it's such a weird thing to say because the movie's so bad. I guess what I mean is what we talked about before. It's the nuance in his face, how natural he just feels on set, just feels like he should be there. And it sucks because what he's saying is not funny. Yeah, And somehow he's still just like, oh, yeah, Will Smith's really good at acting. And also they wasted Agent T. That guy's hilarious. Oh, um, what's from his name Seinfeld. Again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that guy's name? Hold on. Hold on. I mean, they, yeah, I don't remember his name ever. And he was but he was his that. partner, uh, Patrick Warburton. He's hilarious. I mean, he's the same character for his entire life and forever. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that could have worked. Will Smith and like kind of like monotone guy. I know. I think the director was right. Like Will Smith just like doesn't work as a straight man in comedy. You know. There was um, and and then also the what's his name, to- Tony Shalou, Shabu Shalou. Yeah, they bring back a lot of characters from the first one. And he's the one that got his head blown off in the first one. Mm-hmm. He worked at the morgue. Yeah, it, well, not no, it was like a pawn shop. He had all the weapons, right? In the first one, I think he had like all the the guns or something, or oh, they needed some info from him. And Tommy Lee Jones blows his head off, and they do the same gag this time. Mm-hmm. where Tommy Lee Jones blows his head off but it also just shows like it looked so much better in the first one mm-hmm. like this one it looked really bad when they blew his head off and it grew back like it just I don't understand why it looks worse I feel like later. they used a lot of slime in the first one where like if they blew they like a practical an effect. alien up they'd get slime on them you know what I mean yeah I don't know it just like they waited so long in between the two and it's just like and this is like what you come to the table with that's just like what i mean i want to say why do it but obviously the box office speaks for itself like it made a fuck ton of money so it's like i guess that's why but i just think with if you had that much time why wouldn't you craft something a bit better and it kind of just like makes me wonder like why will would agree to it like he's literally coming off ollie like why would he agree to like this subpar oh i'm sure they paid him big i'm sure they paid him big big big, big. i was gonna say this one oh Oh, i was gonna say to me success as an actor is like even if they're gonna pay you big if it's shit you'd be like i'm so successful i can fucking walk away from that i mean you know how i feel about what success is in an actor but also i was gonna say like they not to take a, a phrase that Eric constantly used, not to ride the, the dick too hard here. But um, I was going to say Men in Black 2 maybe is benefiting from how good Men in Black 1 was, right? So mm-hmm. Men in Black 1 is good. Everybody has faith in it. They go see Men in Black 2, $400 million box office. So I was going to say my theory would be Men in Black 3 would eat shit because this one was so bad. Men in Black 3 got 620 mil. I saw that movie. Did you? I don't think I've ever seen Men in Black. I haven't seen it. Is that the one where Tommy Lee Jones gets young? Oh, yeah. He has to go back in time and work with Josh Brolin. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. I just looked it up. Uh, Guess how much Will Smith got paid for this? Uh, In 2002. uh, 20 million. Yep. 20. Oh, shit. That's a huge fucking payday. That's like, yeah, you crazy. can shove a show because home. I know. Like, listen, it's a huge payday and it did well at the box office. But like that first Men in Black really is just fucking tight. And it's just it is so good that like I like me as like an actor, I'd be like, why? Like, why would I want to taint something that good? You know what I mean? And like, I don't think this one takes away from the first one, but it definitely just like comes into your brain and immediately leaves it. Oh, the first one is full of like, I can almost remember that movie scene for scene, like shot for shot. I could, I can hardly remember anything from this. I think I remember that Johnny Knoxville's in it. Yeah. Like, or, you know, maybe if you do men in black, you show us like 
another layer of men in black. Cause I think what really works about the first one, I think what really works about um, world exploring in general is when you take the perspective of like someone who's just discovering everything, which is what you do in the first one. So you have so many like really fun gags. Cause like they're learning it, you're learning it. So it's like, you have men in black where it's like this super secret thing. There's gotta be another fucking tier in men in black where you're like, even deeper in it's even crazier shit you didn't know before and like do i know what that fucking means in alien world no i fucking don't but like i'm also not writing this shit but you know what i mean like maybe there was like another area in men in black for will smith's character to discover or maybe like rip torn's kind of like on the bad side or some shit like the alien, you know, the aliens are misunderstood. I don't know. Just fucking anything. Or like you said, like maybe Tommy Lee's wife gets taken over by an alien or Tommy Lee gets taken over by an alien. I don't fucking know. The, the scene, though, that was the most of its time of 2002 is oh, yeah. fucking David Cross from Mr. Show and um, Arrested Development making up cerebral palsy joke i don't remember that he one. said his mom had palsy or something like that oh, you don't remember no. that i don't remember that <laughs> oh he, yeah he definitely it is just like oh that is that is a that is a very 2002 thing to use the term palsy and make a joke out of it i thought we were so on the same wavelength because i thought you were going straight to what i was and that they had the michael jackson cameo where was he that was, really Michael Jackson? Yes. Dude. Where he was pretending to be an alien who wanted in. They, okay. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Guys, 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 guys. Michael Jackson, allegedly problematic. So Not allegedly. Like, I will say it full blown. <laughs> Michael Jackson molested children. Wait, you is that really a rumor good. about him? <laughs> she means allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> His estate is coming for you, but... So even though very, very problematic, uh, kind of funny in this. It seems I funny. did not find it funny. I just was like jarred because it's it's like the Michael Jackson that no one wants to remember where he like really mutilated his face. I and thought it was a disease. I don't think cutting off like your nose and like tattooing eyeliner is okay. has anything to do People with can do whatever skin. they want with their bodies. Sure, they can. It's still fucking jarring. Wow. That's fine by me. I'm like, and so we have Michael Jackson. It felt super out of place, super unnecessary. And then like later, just in the fucking background is Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah. Also <laughs> on the screen. And it's just like, what is happening in this movie right now? Oh. That was big. Michael Jackson is the one alleged pedophile that I feel like we give we've given a pass to. Only him? What other alleged pedophile? Um, a fucking Prince Andrew over in England. Okay. Jeffrey Epstein. Donald Trump became president and he we, definitely we did shit killed with Jeffrey Epstein. Girls. We secret killed him. Okay. Bill Clinton. You know, this podcast is getting way off the rails. Let's get back. I know, to this is taking a dark turn. Let's, say, let's go back to show. Brian Singer. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of pedophilia in the world, and we're giving alleged, a lot of passes. Alleged. There's alleged pedophilia in the world. You're now saying <laughs> that pedophilia is alleged? Oh, uh, can oh. I give a, a compliment? I, there was one gag I liked. In this. Was it the dog? Because no, that was the gag. I, I, I didn't like care made. about the dog at all. <laughs> but there was like a countdown. It's near the end and they're in Men in Black headquarters and there's like a countdown or something's going to blow up. And OK, and, no, and Will has <laughs> Rosario like, Dawson's going to get like launched away. Yeah, yeah. And then they won't be able which to like, it, which honestly would have saved the whole movie if she got launched away because that's the whole point of this. So she, she's the but light, then she right? been launched into the wrong hand. Uh, but there's 30 seconds. <laughs> there's like 30 seconds and Will Smith falls into like some big tubing and it's just so funny because it's like 10 9 and he's just like annoyed like trying to get out of the tube yeah it's like some really good physical comedy and he was it it was so bizarro i thought it was so funny like there was no reason for him to be struggling so long in the tubes like 30 seconds and he's like moving i was like oh my god is he gonna eat up like half the time doing this (laughs) 
20 seconds. He's still like in the But you've never made that position where like you're like on a water bed and you're just like, why can't I get out of this fucking thing? And he like gets to like the last second and it's like, it's not like a Mission Impossible where it's like, whoo, it's like he just like begrudgingly just like turns off like god damn it he's like annoyed he didn't look cool while doing it. <laughs> i thought it was the funniest gag in the whole movie it was just like very odd it was funny but like very oddly placed him and tommy lee jones get flushed down a toilet in this movie oh yeah. okay why would you bring Tommy Lee Jones back to flush that old man down a toilet? How and it kind of looked real. <laughs> it looked like he had a shit stain on his lip after it. <laughs> it was all like that blue water. It was very disrespectful. Um, okay, I'll also say, so the movie closes. They use the Statue of Liberty to take out everyone's mind. And you're like, okay, movie's done. But then they almost like tack on a weird scene at the end where it's like locker room talk. Where it's like Tommy Lee and Will Smith and like the head agent and oh, the dog. They're on the locker room. And like, you can say you're not OK because you just shot off your 14 year old love light into the sky. Alleged. And it's just like, no, I f- I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, I don't think you are. Then it's like, you open up the locker and these weird locker creatures from earlier in the movie are just like, yeah, yeah, we're out there. Oh, I like that gag <laughs> too. But then he's like, oh, you got to get him out there. They got to see that life's more than this. And so then Tommy Lee opens up a locker and it's like, holy shit, we're the ones living in a fucking locker. Well, they did that in no, the first one too. But like it was the just... galaxy was in the ball and then mm. our galaxy was in an alien playing marbles. But like it just like was so unnecessary in this one that tack on at the end because it seemed pretty close to the fuck up with the Statue of Liberty. I mean, and then you have like a locker room talk. This movie's a tight, tight oh, 85 so minutes, I think. It's it felt, yeah, it was quick. It, it needed quick. to be because there were parts where it like dragged and to drag in 85 minutes is no bueno. We talked about before uh, our boy on this on. Uh, fuck, why am I forgetting his name? Dude, Men Black One came out in 97. I said 98, 97. You this... idiot. Dang, dude. That took Barry so Sonnenfeld. Barry Sonnenfeld. That took so long to come out. A sequel to it. I'm just looking at the first Men Black poster and it looked so 90s compared to the Men Black 2 poster. Yeah, I remember when like Will Smith was wearing like orange pants in it. It was so 90s. Super 90s. So, sorry. I, what was I saying? Can we get to what I like about this movie? Is oh, that what Barry, I said? You were saying Barry Sonnenfeld. That's all you said. Barry Sonnenfeld, director. He likes to make things fast. He likes things moves, you know, no wasted scenes or whatever. So he's back on full display here. I still like his shot compositions. I still like what he does. I just think the script is bad. So, yeah. and the jokes are bad. Like he's shooting it, I think, all the right way. It's just a bad story that's unfolding. So I can't lay too much of the blame at his feet. Uh, can we talk about the one thing I like about this movie? That yeah, I said mine. Back. Was What'd it not say? Barry? I said mine was when he was struggling on that tubing. As he oh, was yeah, that's Mark's favorite part. My favorite part is the opening, is the backstory about this princess, which, by the way, did Tommy Lee Jones hook up with her and have Rosario Dawson? Was that implied? They didn't really get into that part, but he was in love with her, yes. But there's like, yeah, the princess and the light and the bad alien and this. And I thought that was the cleverest thing to show, like, yeah, the bad TV show version of it, the unsolved mystery version of it. But then we get glimpses of what really happened that night. And it's kind of that like washed out stark color it's raining it's kind of depressing i don't know that felt it was so cool to have a character be like that's not how that night went and then remember how it actually went i love seeing that contrast and that was my favorite part of the movie that was a good part when like Tommy lee jones is watching the unsolved mysteries and it's all coming back to him yeah i like something i need to start on it i did like the bit of tommy lee jones slowly getting his memories back it's kind of like a memento or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. where, where where somebody has to like 
repiece their own mystery. Mm-hmm. Like that's a cool thing, but they blew it. Yeah. Like he gets his memories back too fast. Like it should have been like a slow burn of him slowly getting memories back. And that could have milked some comedy and milked some drama and some suspense out of they it. They should have started the movie off on Tommy Lee Jones. They should have started off the movie with him slowly getting stuff. And then boom, in comes Will Smith. Let him be funny. Let him, you know, instead of starting off on like a fucking depressed Will Smith. Like, that's not fun. You know what I mean? That's not how you start a comedy. Like, hey, remember the guy that like made you like laugh your ass off in the first one when he's like taking the test with all the military guys? He's like dragging tables. Well, now he's just hella fucking depressed. Well, at least we all said the thing that we liked about this movie. Lily's was the dog. Mine was the tube part. Eric's was the flashback. We had another sequel coming up. What's that? Bad Boys 2. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Is that like the Bad Boys, though? I feel like everybody loves Bad Boys 2. That's like I love they got Bad the budget. Boys they got yes. the Will Smith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Martin I think Lawrence Bad Boys is back. 2 is going to be the best one of the three because there are three. I think it's going to be the best one. I think it'll be interesting to do two sequels back to back also because I I'm not a big sequel person and I do feel like um. It's because a lot of people fuck up their sequels. Um, I think sometimes the best thing you can do is like if you make something with the idea already that like you have more story to tell. But I think a lot of movies wrap up so tightly that it makes it very hard for a sequel. And um, I think sequels are very, very hard to like grab that magic from the first one. And I think Men in Black 2 was like a really great example of how not to do a sequel. So I think it'll be interesting to dive into Bad Boys 2 and see if we yeah. have the same issues. All right. I know we usually don't do this, but just say two things about Bad Boys 2, if I may. Should we play the video game Bad Boys Miami Takedown? That, there's a video game? Yeah, it's on PlayStation 2 and That's Xbox awesome. and GameCube and Windows. Awesome. Um, <laughs> bad boys in Miami take that, and also <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Bay. no, the director. Um, oh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay just <laughs> he said, I don't know how we, I never thought we'd make a bad boys 2 movie because there's too many obstacles in the way, and that he was quoted saying that obstacles in his way were his and Will Smith's enormous salaries. <laughs> <laughs> The obstacles. Oh. I want money. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> okay, you know what? That is like the most bad boys energy already yeah. going in, right? The two biggest obstacles is their their salary. salary. I want a lot of money to do this. But Good that's what's that. awesome. And I think being an actor, and I think Will Smith sorta of does it, is that. Yeah, you take the big sequel, you do Men in Black 2, you do fucking, what's the other sequel we're talking about that he's going to do? Oh, Bad Uh, Boys 2. Yeah. And you ask for a shit ton of money, and then you go off for five years and do like one Oscar-y film. And and also, I'm looking at his filmography. I didn't, like, he he has so many more of just behind-the-scenes executive producer credits mm. than like when comparing to Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Cruise took control a lot of his own movies, right? But, yeah, production-wise, but, by then he's in them. But like Will Smith, like has movies that I've never even heard of, like um, the seat filler, saving face. After Bad Boys 2, he does ride or die. Like, there's a whole year where he just produces shit. I the like Secret that. Life of Bees. Hu- the oh, I love contract. that one. He's executive producing all of these. So maybe he just like takes his money, does that shit. I mean, I always heard George Clooney says like he goes overseas and he does all those like shitty commercials because he's like people overseas, like don't give a fuck if like an actor's in a commercial like they do here. He goes, I and then that's where I make my money and then I can go make whatever fucking movie I want here. That's like I guess that's like a pretty good theory on how to do it. I wouldn't want to get stuck making shit I don't want to make. Personally. All right. So is that that's a podcast, right? Yeah. Will Smith looked real good in this movie. That's what I he looked younger in this than Ali. You know what though? Let's say mm. it. Let's say it. Let's full circle this podcast. Open it up saying that he could barely fit in the suit. And you know what? I think I still stand by that. 
I think at this point, the suit was just a little too tight for him. He'd wow. grown a little too much. Wow. Dang, that's pretty deep. I'm taking it as like the deeper metaphor. Did you? Is that how you took it, Mark? Did you um eat a gummy before we started? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I went really deep. Like yeah. I, so I know you played like three hours of tennis before this, and I yeah. Like I'll like go running and stuff, and after we play tennis, like my hunger is like insatiable. You know, because like if you play tennis for like four hours, let's say that's like you burn like yeah. 700 calories. Yeah. So how many fucking crackers are you eating? Why don't you just get like a normal meal? Because I feel uh, like you just got the tennis hunger because you played yeah, so much and, tennis and you're just eating garbage now. I ate a half a box of crackers. Eric, you need to like fucking Grubhub like a burger or something. Oh, I had a burger for lunch today. Okay. Okay. Have you guys dinner. ever had a hunger burger? A hunger burger? A what? A, a bunga bunga burger? burger? Oh, I speaking of burgers, we fucked up on the Ali podcast by not bringing up that Muhammad oh, Ali yeah. had a restaurant. Oh yeah. In okay. a burger place. Okay, yeah. I want an Ali burger. It'll knock you out. Yeah. Oh <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> See? Can we hit you with a little one-two? Um, but Eric, you should grub hub some food. I I do grub hub food, but like tonight, <laughs> I'll make myself something, maybe a salad with carrots. Oh, <laughs> we literally ate just, garbage plates yeah. before we started that. Also, he just ate a box of crackers. <laughs> so it's like, it's not like he's doing any better. OK, but here's the question. What crack? What kind of crackers? Let me fuck. They are, it's going to be oh called God. like a, a, a Tapa Janga pita cracker. And it's going to have a Bolivian purple <laughs> fuck salt. On you it. actually lose calories while yeah. you're chewing them. <laughs> I found I found <laughs> it in the 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 asshole of a hipster at whole foods <laughs> it was 20 bucks for a box oh you're gonna hate this name it's uh field day <laughs> you hate this uh, field day organic golden round crack wow that's so healthy that you have a box of those eric why can't you just get like a ritz cracker just like a nice salty buttery ritz yeah, cracker what flavor was it? it's like rosemary <laughs> rosemary whole grain <laughs> with poppy seed oh, drizzle the, the, the flakes of a taiwanese migrant how thin flex. are they I'll are they as thin as a piece yeah. of paper? No, they're basically they're like knockoffs. <laughs> they're knockoff Ritz, pretty much. They're like the organic <laughs> Get version. Get Ritz. You paid nine dollars for that? <laughs> Who yeah, said like, like, nine- a box of Ritz is probably like a dollar? Yeah, 50. but you know he went to abundance or some shit and he had to like <laughs> fill up a shoebox because they it's just like a bulk. <laughs> I did. I did get it from abundance. He had to weigh it himself. They're they're honestly probably made for parrots. (laughs) Yeah. This is fucking bird food. Yeah. You feel it a little (laughs) multi. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, I did get from abundance. And I do leave there sometimes with a box of food. Like, because they don't sometimes, or they do have bags, but you can take things out in a box. All right. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I need to like <laughs> send you like a home nurse or something <laughs> to care for you. He's got that tennis hunger. <laughs> you get oh the, man, his bunga well, burger. <laughs> <laughs> so Men in Black Two. No bueno. I'm excited for Men in Black Three. Yes, me Are too. You? I'm not, but I know it'll be bad. I'm excited. But... Honestly, I think oh, what's kind of fucked up. Like I'm excited for Bad Boys Two, but. I kind of want more like Ali style movies. I almost like I think it's kind of crazy because like I grew up as Will Smith as like being hilarious and funny. But right now, I don't feel like having a hilarious and funny. Will. I kind of want more of the serious. Will. pursuit of happiness is coming. So that's not fun. That's where he puts Jaden in the movie. Yeah, Yeah, that's where things really start going downhill for him. All right. Cool. We're done. All right. We're done. Bye, guys.